Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today, we're kind of in the beverage business, but it's in the custom-designed beverage business. And you guys are going to love this story. We're in the consumer goods world, which is you guys all know is my favorite. And on the podcast today is Max Berg, founder of Elix. Max, it is so great to have you on the podcast. And I think I said the name right for the company. You did. You did. You did. <laughs> I nailed it. Exactly correctly. Alexa, thanks for having me. I uh, love it. Here. It's so great to have you on. Okay. So for those that have not heard of Elix, you guys have got to check this out. This is so cool. They make like they take a can, you know, you might look at a Coke can or a beer can or whatnot, and they custom design the outside of it. And then, oh, by the way, you can select what goes inside of it, like craft beer, can wine, hard seltzer, non-alcoholic seltzer. I know they're not all available today, by the way, Max, but they will be one day. And so I think this is such a cool idea. Okay. But Max, your background, as I told you, I, I did my homework, right? You started at Ernst & Young. I was there too. Um Gainsight and product marketing. So you had kind of this product marketing background, but how did you decide to launch this company? Like, how did that all get started? Yeah, uh, good question. So honestly, it, I had no uh, no plans of going into the custom beverage space. I don't <laughs> I think that <laughs> existed until uh, we launched this thing uh, early last year. Um, so this actually was born out of a business school project. Me and a few other students at UCLA Anderson came together on a project and this was the concept that was born. And as we started to develop it more and more and did some MVP testing and just saw how excited people were getting at our pretty crummy initial versions that we were going to market with, um, it told us there was a huge opportunity and uh, we kind of hit the ground running the day after graduation and haven't looked back. Okay. All right. So you like you just jumped over like some amazing content I have to unpack. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry you, about that. No, it's, I love it. So how did you know it was a good idea? Like who did you have some research or did was this like an untapped area? Like how did you know? No, for sure. Yeah. So when we first had the conversation of like, what type of company would we want to build? Right. The concept of the concept of homebrewing actually popped okay. up and the question was raised, has anyone brewed their own beer? And no one raised their hands. <laughs> Nobody. And then, yeah, no, literally none of us. And it was like, okay, well, why haven't you done that? Okay. Well, it's expensive. It's time consuming. You need to have the space um, and you need to have the expertise to do it. So a lot of hurdles to get over there. And then the question was posed, um, do, would anybody like to, to try to brew their own beer? And we all raised our hands. And so we saw, okay, there seems to be an opportunity there. And when we dug into the initial idea of kind of like a build-a-beer factory, you come, you pick your grains, your malts, uh, the hops, and we put it all together for you, we quickly realized that business was not very scalable. Um, and and so because you got to make quantity, the problem is you got to make quantity in that. that you need world. to make quantity, yep. and it just takes up too much space. It sure. just it's it just doesn't work. Um, but when we initially did our first testing around the design side of things, so putting an actual custom label on a beer that already existed, uh, we went to Trader Joe's, picked up the most generic uh, topped beer that we could find, scrubbed off the label in a bathtub, and sold it to our buddy for his family's Thanksgiving uh, party. 
And they freaked out over it. They loved it. The grandparents were literally stealing the the beers and hiding them to take them home. And so that was like just the all the validation we needed to kind of to go forth and try to see if we can make a run at this thing. Wow. Okay, that's very cool. So you you try out a couple people with the scrubbed off labels and you put the custom labels on. But how did you figure out how to print on cans? And how did you decide cans versus bottles? You know, how did that even, how did that conversation go? Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why cans are preferred. Uh, one, it's much more sustainable. Uh, two, they're a lot lighter. Uh, three, the, the beer lasts longer in cans. And then most importantly, a large majority of the craft breweries that we reached out to, to potentially bring on as partners we're using cans. And so it just gave us a lot more flexibility kind of across the board and also just designs across the full can versus a little sticker on On a a glass bottle. Yeah. It just, it makes a world of difference. Oh yeah. It pops. I mean, and you guys need to check out the website. We'll give that to you shortly, but um, it's pretty neat to see the (laughs) things you guys have already come up with. So how did you go from, okay, we're going to, we're going to make the actual custom design cans and we'll we'll give people options of what can go in them to figuring out like how do you get equipment or do you have a partner that prints it how did that all come together yeah for sure so i the the process of getting cans designed and the labels applied is actually super disaggregated and so we saw an opportunity to yeah there's like four or five different suppliers you would need to work with in order to make this happen. And the lead time takes forever. It's actually pretty crazy. If you talk to craft breweries, that'll be one of their biggest complaints. Just getting cans takes a really, really long time. So we saw an opportunity to verticalize uh, some of that process. We still outsource uh, the kind of the, the printing of the labels themselves, but everything else we more or less have internalized, have the print application machinery in our warehouse, um, storage and fulfillment directly from our warehouse. So we kind of do everything other than the printing of this, the the shrink sleeves themselves. Got it. And you guys, you guys are out in California, as we'll talk about shortly. Now, you, on your site, you talk about you know the future state, which will be a couple of options for what could go inside those cans, right? So not only can I customize the outside, you know, it's Maxburg's birthday party, and this is the the beer. Um, or can wine or hard. so how did you design these other ones and have you already like been moving down the path of getting those other ones lined up or what was the theory the thinking on that oh yeah we're definitely uh we're we're rolling them out as we speak oh, cool. so we brought Very on cool. a can can wine partner um <laughs> that that deal closed uh last week so we'll be offering a canned rose and a canned white wine oh, that's starting cool. at the beginning of february yeah we're pretty that. excited about so that cool. yeah uh huh, and then um, the the hard seltzer, so kind of your white claw equivalent. Right. Um, we've got a batch brewing with our our brewery partner, Absolution Brewing Company. Uh, they're brewing us a batch right now, so we're going to test that out a, in a couple of weeks, and hopefully be able to start start pushing some of that um, early in February as well. So we're That's we're very, very cool. much down the path of launching more uh, more SKUs, and we're super excited about that. Yeah. So one of the things we've talked about on the podcast in the past is just the distribution rights and the kind of the, the structure around distributing uh, alcoholic beverages in different markets, right? So have you guys had to figure that out or manage through that? Or how does that look like for you guys in terms of thinking about distribution? 
Yeah, totally. Honestly, that was one of the biggest hurdles we had to overcome when deciding to launch a a product in the alcoholic space. Um, There's a lot of regulation, a lot of rules, a lot of hurdles to jump over. Um, And so, yeah, it it, it took a lot of learning from our side and also partnering with really, really smart um, alcohol beverage law attorneys to kind of help us define what our operating model was going to be. But more or less, we are operating on behalf of the brewery partners that we are working with. So um, it gives us a lot more flexibility within the pretty structured three-tier distribution system. And we can go down that entire rabbit hole if you want. No, I get um, it. We've I talked wanna, about it before. I don't want to bore you. No, it's good. So yeah, there are definitely a lot of learnings had to go into defining what exactly our, our operational process was going to look like. But uh, we've gotten it all up and running and um, we're we're able to kind of operate as we need with a ton of flexibility, which is great. That is great. And are you able to sell direct to consumer or do you still have to go through some of those distribution channels? How does that work? Because I mean, your product is a perfect, you know, customized, personalized and ship right to me type product. That's exactly the, the model. So we do, um, we do enable the sell directly to consumer and then we fulfill on behalf of our brewery partners. So, okay. um, order through us, and then we handle all fulfillment as well. Wow, that's amazing. Um, And so you're only in California today. Um, How does that... And then how does that work? Is it just a scale thing? Is is that easier to focus on one market? Or what's the thought around that? Yeah, it's that legal structure I kind of talked about before. It's very difficult to ship alcohol across state lines. You need certain license types. Um, and so right now we're focused exclusively in the California market. That's where our team is is based and where our brewery partners are located for right now. But the plan is very much to expand to all other markets throughout the U.S. So New York, Chicago, Seattle are on the, the short list of uh, expansion cities for uh, for this year. That's awesome. I love it. Um, and such a cool idea. I mean, it's really neat. I appreciate neat. So- it. <laughs> No, I love that. So um, for those who haven't checked out the website, it's pretty cool. In terms of the process, you complete a design questionnaire, um, you go through design, and then choose your beverage. And this all can happen in less than three weeks, which is amazing. And your only minimum is two cases or 48 cans. For those that don't know a case count for cans is two cases. Um, Now, okay, I, I jumped over the company name, but where does the company name come from? I got to ask. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a unique name and everyone struggles to say it. So it's Elix, yep. E-L-I-Q. Dude, I said it right, though. I said it correctly. You did. You nailed it. You nailed it. You crushed it. <laughs> I crushed it. Uh, yeah, so coming up with the name is actually a lot harder than people would think. We like we wrestled over that for, for weeks, if not months, um, because we wanted something that was unique and uh, protectable and we could trademark and all that other fun stuff. Um, and so when we were thinking about it, we we were struggling for a long time. And then me and one of my co-founders, uh, Dave, who's the actual uh, the CEO of the company, um, we had a lot of craft beers in front of us. And sure. so we consumed maybe more than a few and we're <laughs> brainstorming, kind of brainstorming, exactly, trying to get loose and creative with the process and ended up on Elix, which is kind of short for um uh, e-commerce liquors, uh, oh, as well as the word we elixir, elixir, which is, yep, that was ties into the uh, the alcoholic realm and beverage realm. Oh, so, dude, kind that. of a combination of both of those. 
It's very cool. All right. So um, thank you for the background. And um, sure, I think thanks. it's a cool name. So how do you grow? Like, What's your growth plan? How do you get the word out? Um, are you able to scale yet? Or how, kind of where are you in that journey? Yeah, we're kind of right at the beginning of that process. So we launched uh, to the market in like October of 2019. So we've really only been uh, selling, quote unquote, for the last handful of months here. But we're focusing on a, a few core segments, one being the corporate segment. So B2B uh, conferences, fundraisers, corporate events, happy hours. There's just a ton of opportunity and companies are really looking for a way to differentiate themselves at all their events and create a more immersive experience for all their event attendees. So that's uh, an area we've seen a ton of traction and we're really pushing hard on. And then the other side of that is um, kind of the e-commerce social event side. So your birthdays, your bachelor parties, your weddings, um, your graduations, and those are going to be much more of a self-serve model on our website. Um, we've got a ton of traction from that just from our our social media and people finding us by searching for custom beer online. And that's been a, a pretty organic uh, growth segment for us that we're, we're excited to kind of invest a lot more in this upcoming year. Wow. That's pretty cool. What have been like, if you had to pick two or three of the biggest hurdles you've had to overcome uh, in getting this off the ground or figuring out something that was maybe not familiar to you guys, what would be two or three of those biggest hurdles you've had to overcome? Yeah, uh, I think I talked about one a little earlier. So just the legal side of things, I am not a lawyer. And no one on our team has a legal background. My dad's a lawyer, no, but that's as close as I uh, as close as the, it gets for me. Um, so just understanding the legal landscape, what we can do, what we can't do, what the limitations are, how we operate within a really complex structure uh, is one. And then I'd say the the second was just getting things off the ground without a track record um, to like validate that your business is real is really challenging. And the biggest area we struggled with that was just getting a warehouse where we could actually operate and produce our product in was a lot more difficult than we expected. Um, we didn't have tax returns or records to prove that we were a functioning business. And so getting someone to kind of take a chance on us was a lot harder than expected. But now that we've kind of gotten over that hurdle, um, it's kind of been uh, downhill from there, which has been great. And then what about the people side? What does that look like in terms of you and other either founders or people that are working with you? Yeah, so we've got uh, five full-time people right now, which our team is honestly, our team is kick-ass. It's, it's a great group. Um, so there's uh, three co-founders, um, three of us that actually started the company in business school. And then we've brought on a creative director, Alex Marson, who is beyond talented, has an amazing eye, super sharp with branding and just design as a whole. And then a, a graphic designer, Katie Barger, who's also extremely talented um, working on Alex's team. So uh, we've got kind of an all-star cast and looking to, to kind of build out our, our sales arm in the the near future here so uh we're looking to grow and it's 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 fun it's exciting that's really cool i love that um where can our listeners find you how can they engage if they're in the california area and then you know, at least be able to to link in with you guys as you're growing to new markets yeah um so the the best spot would be our website elix.com e-l-i-q-s you can sign up for our newsletter will have uh, a ton of announcements about what we're expanding into from a category standpoint, from a geography standpoint, basically stay up to date on all things Elix. 
And then uh, Instagram is probably another really good avenue. So at Elix Collective um, on Instagram, uh, we post a ton of our really cool designs, our new partnerships, beverage partners, designer spotlights, a, a ton of really fun stuff that our design team has curated. And um, yeah, so those would probably be the uh, the two best uh, two best spots to find us. That's so cool. Yeah, I was excited when I saw your info come across because um, I'm passionate about this industry, but just I had not seen anything like this before. And I just, you've got a really interesting niche. I mean, it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. And uh, yeah, I think we're more or less the only company doing it right now, at least uh, specifically in the beverage space, you can, you can do it. Um, you can do it for wines, kind of glass bottle wines, but it's ultimately a sticker. So we're trying to kind of change the game on the level of quality and design uh, across the board on the, in the custom beverage space. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Well, dude, Max, it's been great having you on the podcast. Um, definitely going to have you guys back on uh, as we follow your growth and whatnot. And I just really appreciate you making the time. No, great to be here. Thanks so much for, for having us and uh, hope to be back. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.